Hey everybody, welcome to Tech Thoughts, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is Season 3, Episode 13, or overall Episode 31. Ah, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm Jade. I'm the smart one this time. <laughs> and I'm alright. I'm the cute one this time, I say, as if we, we aren't that every time. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute. The deja vu of recording two episodes in a row, especially when they're in the same arc. Well, we're here, um, and you guys will not be listening to these in a row, probably, uh, so we have to plug our after show. So, before getting into the conclusion of our storage arc, we have to plug our after show. Uh, we are live on Instagram every Friday at 8pm ET. At Tech Thoughts Podcast, yes, I did almost just straight up forget to say the handle, it's fine, you can just find us on Instagram somewhere. Um, or, you can check out our website, which is, Jade? It's, uh, it's techthoughts.gay. And as always, gay rights. But not really. We're really straight people, you know? We're very, very straight. Oh, absolutely not. I'm not even going to play that game. I'm so gay. I'm so gay. If Jade wants to pretend to be straight, that is only because I have leached the gay off of her, which means I am now doubly as gay. Um, but we're not here to talk about our gayness. We're here to talk about Naz's. So, I think in a previous episode we have said at least what that acronym stands for, which is Network Attached Storage, but we've never actually had the chance to explain it. So... Let's explain it. All right. So a NAS, most storage y'all have used is known as direct attached storage. Not much explanation is needed there. You just plug a thing into your device and it's directly attached. Whoa, who knew? But (laughs) uh, yeah, internal drives of any type count. External ones you plug in also count. Yes, because they're attached to the computer. Yes, yes. Uh, network attached storage is specifically not directly attached. It is instead accessible while you are connected to the network that it's on. Um, they're really useful. They can be accessed by multiple devices at the same time and can be used to back up your data, store lots of it, depending on how much storage you put in. Uh, it's also a great place for your very legal movie rips. Yep. Because we would never advocate piracy here on Tech Thoughts Podcast, where we have an episode about piracy in one of our seasons. What we have? We have what? <clears throat> Sorry, I couldn't hear you past the, the takedown. Anyway, <laughs> we already explained the issues with cloud storage. See our season one episode on the cloud. Um, so it's always cool to have some local storage uh, in some way. Um, so yeah, let's say you decided you want a NAS. My, my, my selling points have hit you and you want one right now the hell do you do yeah first things first decide how you want to get started there are pre-built nas units out there that you can mostly just buy storage for and they're primarily made by netgear uh with their ready nas series and synology which is what they're known for but also uh qnap and our asus store uh and yes they are directly related to the company asus thank you for answering that question before i even asked it <laughs> no problem um if you want a pre-built box, you can repurpose an older computer or build a new one. Wait, okay. I'm actually going to stop you right here because I, I already have a question. Yeah. So the NAS box has a function apart from just like being a box. The housing? Yeah. Yes, of course. It has to like it, it at the end of the day, most NAS devices are computers. Okay. Whether they're like x86 powered, their own like proprietary junk, some ARM chip, it's always a computer because network attached storage um, 
has to have processing power to do the things we're about to talk about. Now I understand why how some people were building them with Raspberry Pis. Then that that actually makes sense. There you go. Perfect. Um, All right. Yes. Go on. So yeah, if you don't want a pre-built box, you can repurpose an older computer, or build a new one with enough storage connected, or apparently just get a Raspberry Pi. It's the the, the Pi one is janky. I would not recommend it for beginners. I would not recommend way. a Raspberry Pi for this now. Um, these are usually less power efficient since you are running something closer to a whole 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 computer. Yes, I know I just said NAS boxes are little computers, but there's little details. Um, if you get yourself a non-pre-built box, you can use the TrueNAS core operating system, formerly known as FreeNAS, to do all the heavy lifting for you. If you want to set that up, we'll link some videos because we do not have the time to explain how to set up any of that. Um, though, if there's interest, maybe we'll just dedicate an episode to it. As in, hey, Art, yeah, do you sure. want to build a NAS? <laughs> um, maybe. The, my big, the biggest thing stopping me from building a NAS currently, other than money, is... Money understanding of how to do so which i will hopefully have by the end of this episode so once i get the money maybe we'll see what happens okay there's also other software you could use such as unraid um but they usually cost money and they are an open source uh TrueNAS is so you could if theoretically check all that source code and see how it works and verify it is not spying on you there will totally be an open source software episode in the future <laughs> We are big fans of open source software, so yeah, that makes sense that we would do an episode on that. But yeah, just why pay money for software when you don't have to? Yes, without it being piracy, of course. No, 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 that's bad. Anyway. Yes. Uh, regarding storage, so let's say you already got the box. Uh, dealing with the storage problem, you probably want to stick with hard drives. Again, mm-hmm. uh, we've mentioned it many times, but they offer the most space for your buck. You know, if you're trying to build a NAS, presumably what you want is the most space on it that you can get. So unless you're a rich person, hard drives. Um, mm. Could you, if you had, well, no, you know what I'm saying? Like if you had the money, if you just had the money to burn, could you build a solid state NAS? Absolutely. They don't, okay, yeah. uh, a, a NAS device really doesn't care what you plug into it as long as the connector matches. So for the most part, um, NAS, NAS units use SATA hard drives and solid state drives, drives period. Yeah. It connects by SATA, you're good. Um, usually. Just get any NAS radio drive you can. So this is definitely where you'd want one of those more expensive ones. Uh, or enterprise ones if you can. Um, since they're rated for being near other drives, have vibration sensors to like deal with being near other drives that vibrate. Um, and can be on all the time, as a NAS mm-hmm. is intended to be. Um if you want a name real quick and just want to go out there and pick something, check out Western Digital's Red Plus or Pro Drives or the Seagate Ironwolf series uh, or Exos, if you can grab them. They are the Enterprise version, and for some reason, they are so cheap right now. Yes, uh, right now being March 23rd, 2021. That's time of recording. Indeed. If you have a Synology NAS, you may be stuck with their own hard drives at some point in the future due to them currently moving their enterprise equipment to only their hard drives, or rather the ones they recommend. You can check out our update episode on uh, repair and DRM if you want to know more. Um, but we're basically just worried that they're going to eventually force their consumer equipment there as well. Um, yeah. yeah. But hold on. What are these WD Reds that aren't Plus or Pro? Are they good enough? Hell no. They use uh, SMR technology, which we have gone on about in the last episode, but I will do it again. Um, Shingled magnetic recording technology. They are bad. They are nastonite. Nastonite? Nascryptonite. Whatever, man. Whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Why are they bad? 
because NAS boxes usually rely on a form of RAID to put together a bunch of hard drives. Uh, RAID, a redundant array of inexpensive disks, is a storage subsystem that manages your drives and can create a level of fault tolerance or boost performance. Um, there are different kinds of RAID, uh, known as levels, starting with RAID 0, which is known as striping, requires at least two drives. Um, means you get really fast read and write speeds, but if one drive fails, you're done. That's it. Your data's gone. Oh. Yeah. Wait, so is the way this works that because the drives are all connected, basically, if like one of them goes, you could lose all of them? Yep, that's RAID 0. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm a, So there are versions that don't do that. Yes. Um, uh, there's RAID 1, which is uh, mirroring for fault tolerance, meaning you need at least two drives, up to one drive can fail, you yank it, you put in a new one, it'll be fine. Um, okay. Yeah, RAID 3 is, like, striping and fault tolerance at the same time, so it's, like, 0 and 1 if they were glued together in a weird way. Okay. Uh, RAID 5 is more what you find in in NAS. Uh, It has faster read performance. Uh, It's similar to RAID 3, except the information needed to recover your array, the the pile of hard drives you have, um, is stored on each drive. It's known as parity data. Um, as a result, you can lose up to one whole drive, replace it, and you should be good to go. Mm-hmm. RAID 6 is similar to RAID 5, except you can lose two drives and it'll, you know, be fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, RAID 10 also exists. Um, it's it's really just RAID 1 and RAID 0 at the same time. It's a little complicated. You can think of it as, uh, like, RAID 0 arrays that are mirrored by RAID 1, which means you might lose your data if two drives in the same like subarray die it's very complicated that does sound complicated it's why no one uses raid 10 it's bad fair enough technically not raid but also a raid configuration is known as jbod which is also just known as just a bunch of random disks um beautiful yes it means you have disks of any size usually with raid arrays you want the same capacity or like going up if you replace them mm-hmm uh, JBOD just makes it so you can put a bunch of hard drives into one giant looking pool, and if one of those drives fail, you only lose the data on the drive. Okay, so they don't affect each other in that in that in that no. scenario. No, that sounds better. Why is it not? Because there's no par- is, There's no chance of data recovery. If, Fair enough. If you yeah. if you lose a drive, you lose the drive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, like I said, raids five and six are most commonly used in a NAS, as well as like X RAID, which is just like rebranded RAID six uh, on ready NAS devices. So, just to clarify, the this has to do with like the NAS box that you purchase, not the hard drives themselves, right? Yes. Okay. If you're going to do any kind of RAID, you want a NAS rated drive at minimum. You never want to use consumer drives. They simply are not okay. meant to be up long enough. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I assume if you tried to use a consumer drive, it would probably die, and then you would be in trouble. I've done that, yes. It, it works for a while, uh, until they all inevitably it go... It doesn't. Into- yes, they all eventually have to go at the same time. It's bad. Um, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> um, funnily enough, that's kind of how I lost all of my digital life prior to 2012. I lost the picture, the last picture of my grandma being alive because of this. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's fine. Remember it, kids. Actually back up your data well anyway so when you lose a drive in in either of these configurations raid five and six or whatever um or one your storage array enters what is known as degraded mode 
uh, which means that you can still access the data and read and write to it, actually. Um, but if you lose another disk in RAID 5, you're screwed. And mm -hmm. like two, if you lose two more in RAID 6, then you're screwed. Mm -hmm. um, usually what you do is you replace the lost drive with an identical one, having at least the same capacity or greater. Um, uh, and the array enters rebuilding mode. Um, rebuilds or resilvering re uh, recreates the lost disk in, uh, onto the new one by using the parity data, which I mentioned earlier, uh, stored on the other disks in the array. Once you're fully rebuilt, you're safe, and like your NAS is kind of how it was a second ago. Um, mm -hmm. Though, uh, rebuilds take time, right? Rebuilds take time depending on how much storage you have and how much data you actually are storing at the moment uh, and the speed of your drives. Um, I've had a rebuild take a full 24 hours before. It's okay. Um, during rebuild time, though, your RAID array is at risk of being destroyed if another disk fails in the rebuild process. This is why SMR drives are bad. This is why there's a class yeah. action lawsuit. This is why we absolutely recommend against WD red, non plus or pro drives, just because SMR is so much slower. It could take up to 13 times longer than a conventional hard drive. Just stay away. They're bad. They're poison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So genuine question. Are the other drives like more at risk while rebuilding? Like, like how, how how common is it that another drive would fail like during a rebuild because that that's the thing that's sort of confusing me a little bit so you could think of it like this right um if you're buying a bunch of the same kind of hard drive from the same manufacturer mm -hmm. for the same ratings made near the same time if one of them happens to be failing and all of the other drives are identical other than the failing part like they're probably going to go soon ish too Ge generally hard like hard drives fail like if uh, hard drives that are used identically fail around the same time, yes. Um, yeah. Again, it's less likely with 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 better hard drives. Um, and what you're really trying to do always is just beat out rebuild time. So, like, mm -hmm. the reason RAID six exists is because RAID five was was just too slow for like larger capacities. RAID five is far too slow because losing one like an extra drive while you're rebuilding it just screws you over whereas six like you can lose one immediately replace it and then you're still safe even if another one goes yeah that uh, makes sense yeah um it also sounds slightly expensive to maintain though it so again um everything varies mm -hmm. high quality hard drives will last quite a while uh my nas my personal nas has been running for the last six years and I okay. have replaced one hard drive. This is not the one you were using consumer no. drives. Yeah. No, this is me. Okay. This is me using. This is me using WD Reds before they switched them out with C with SMR drives. Um, mm -hmm. And my replacement one is in fact uh, a Seagate Iron Wolf. Why? Okay. Because it was cheaper, and because if it's a NAS rated drive, I trust it. That's fair. Okay, well, as the person who wanted to do this episode because I was interested in the concept of making a NAS, um, this is this was very informative, if only slightly mildly terrifying. Your thing about, at the end, about the fact that yours has been running for six years is very reassuring, though. Um, I think this is definitely a thing where it's just like, technology is finicky. I feel comfortable saying that. Technology can be finicky. Um, follow instructions. Uh, if you're, no, yeah, if you're building something that you want to house like a bunch of data that is important to you don't cheap out on it i think that's a pretty fair thing to say um 
But if you are looking for some kind of basically like massive storage thing, which I am because I, I don't know how to explain this any better other than I'm very excited to build what is basically a digital file cabinet. <laughs> um, my life is a disaster. I need you to understand. No, because there are so many things that I've digitized that are like not organized at all. I have a bunch of files that are just backups or things that I want to store long term that I don't need to access very often, but that I need to have um, that I don't want taking up space on my computer um, and that it would be nice to access across multiple devices. So they're not just for my computer. So like digital filing system. Yeah, fair enough. A lot of the pre-built boxes also offer services you can easily install. So uh, have you ever heard of Plex before? Yes. But vaguely. I, I, I don't entirely know what it is. Alright, it's like a media server that serves your own local files in a Netflix-like yes. way. Yes, yes, I want that so badly. Uh, on, like, ReadyNAS and Synology systems, you it's as easy as just pressing install, and it'll run the service for you. That's awesome. Yes. Um, they can also do other things, like um, be a web server. You can do a lot of things with them. You could run a, yeah. you can run a pie hole with them. I mean, yeah, I, that, that one, that one, that one's, that one's not as hard. You can run a pie hole with a pie, but yeah. Um, what is the cheapest, do you think? Like, what, 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 what do you think is, like, minimum for making, like, sort of, like, getting a NAS set up? Is your concern upfront cost or electrical cost? Upfront cost. Upfront cost. I know that the ARM processor equipped, like, like, at least Netgear ready NAS boxes are fairly cheap. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so price is a concern. Um, upsides of buying a NAS is that they don't really go bad, except right now we are in a little bit of a concern of the switchover from one gigabit Ethernet to 10 gig Ethernet, um, mm -hmm. where a lot of the pre-built boxes only have one gig. Um, it might be a problem, but the price does vary depending on how many drives you want to be able to put into your devices. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, mine takes six. I believe when I okay. bought it, it was around 400 by itself. Jesus. Yes, that is the concern upfront cost. The cheapest NAS I can find right now is a refurbished mm -hmm. Synology DS1515. It can hold up to four, four, five, five, five hard drives. <laughs> there you go. You know, the five hard drives and can be expanded. Um, okay, that's not bad. How much is it though? Uh, $250. Okay. Yeah. So upfront cost is definitely a concern when it comes to this, yes. but if it is something that you need and it is something that you can have long-term, it might be something worth saving for. Yes. And I would also like to point out that you can always add more storage to these NAS boxes. So you can start with like cheapest box you can find, like two hard drives, and then just yeah. keep adding as you get more money and you need more storage. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. That's one of the things I appreciate that it's expandable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's all the time we have for you guys today. Like I said, this is an episode where it I was probably learning alongside you guys. Uh, Jade and I have been talking about Naz's for a while um, because she is desperate to get me off of the cloud. Um, yes. And I am also desperate to get off the cloud, but I need a place to put all my things first. Um, but yeah, um, I might build a Naz. I'm, we might make a video for you guys uh, if I do. It's just a video? upfront cost to sort of... Yeah, maybe. Why not? Right. Um... Uh, 
the upfront cost is the biggest concern, so I'll probably have to save up for it for a while. Um, or, but if you're interested in following that journey or just seeing more of us in general, uh, we are live as always on our Instagram at Tech Thoughts Podcast on Fridays at 8 p.m. ET. Um, or if you're interested in building an ads for yourself and seeing some of the resources that we're linking in the not description on our website, um, you can check out our website, which is Jade. Uh, techthoughts.gay. Yeah. Um, and we will see you guys next week for whatever it is that we decide to move on to now, because this is the conclusion of the storage arc. So we'll see what comes next. Bye. Bye.